Hello and welcome to another episode of New Work in Intellectual History. My name is Monika Wilczynska and I'm an Intellectual History Master's student at the University of St Andrews in Scotland. Today I have the great pleasure to talk with Dr Nurlikan Ajanova. Nurlikan boasts a rich career in the academic field as a scholar and administrator. Her early studies began in engineering, ecology, later shifting to religious and cultural studies. She defended her doctoral thesis in 2016 on the topic of Kazakh communication culture. Nurlikan has published extensively in academic journals and her research interests include questions on religion. Since 2017, she has led the Department for Scientific and Innovation Activities and International Cooperation at Al-Farabi Kazakh National University. So hello, Nurlikan, good morning. Good morning. Hello. Thank you for inviting. Yes, thank you for coming. So I would like to start the discussion by looking back at your early academic work as a scholar. So perhaps let's uh, look at your early studies and how you progressed from a scientific field to religious and cultural studies. What inspired you to make the change and how did you find the process? Um, okay, so <clears throat> Yes, uh, my bachelor study in uh, natural science uh, in I graduate from geography faculty at the Al-Farabi Kazakh National University, graduated the program ecological engineering. So at that time, um, Kazakhstan education was shifting to this Bologna process uh, where bachelor three level uh, education, bachelor, master and PhD. And before that time, we had only this uh, Soviet uh, model of education five years like a full specialist and after uh, automatically you go to postgraduate study it's a, like equal to PhD then having the three years and defending so it's like bachelor and master they are combined so I have graduated this full um, program in five years um, in 2006 and but uh, just uh, that period I knew this Bologna process started in Kazakhstan and a master PhD degree and there were enrollment uh, programs uh, they were announced and I uh, decided to get a master's degree because uh, in future to be able to enter PhD you have to have master's degree and in our university uh, with the state program there was uh, announcement about uh, enrollment in religious studies master program and I decided to go there just to uh, study something new uh, different but um, uh, in master's degree I uh, my master thesis topic I connected to uh, ecological issues <laughs> so so my master topic was uh, ecological issues in religious doctrines okay so i see that actually it seems like the religious studies found you first <laughs> and now you're researching it uh, and was it difficult to change your disciplines your master was related to your undergrad um, was the process difficult to find a new way to think uh, yes, a uh, little bit. It was difficult because our master thesis it all all uh, already implies writing uh, research work, and I had to. Um, catch up my knowledge about philosophy history of religions 
all these uh, main uh, disciplines, core disciplines from curricular, I was uh, studying myself in order to this uh, to fill that that gap. And in this term, it was a little difficult because I had to uh, to do it at the same time, um, studying master degree uh, disciplines and some uh, bachelor courses as well together. Mm -hmm. Okay, I see, but it has led you in the right direction, so it was worth it. Um, and during your scholar career, you published several pieces in academic journals and mostly regarding Kazakh culture and communication. So what is so attractive about this area for you and maybe something surprising, surprising that we might not know about? Uh, well, uh, so after master's degree, uh, I want to continue the history of from my bachelor speciality. So after master's degree, I returned to my mother town. It's located in western Kazakhstan city. I worked. I have worked for three years in uh, industry in uh, agency as ecologist. For, for with my first speciality, so I worked there as a um, uh, in the department for developing this uh, maximum permissible air emissions in Western Kazakhstan, many oil industry companies located and they have uh, they are ordering such type of projects for ecological companies. And in 2011, I was invited to the department where I graduated from master degree to work as a lecturer. First, I started working as an assistant lecturer. So, for, so my academic career, academic career started from 2011. I started working as a lecturer, um, and uh, during uh, during my uh, this uh, work, I decided to go to PhD and enroll at cultural studies program. This religion and cultural studies, they are both uh, majoring in our department. This both program in our department. So, I entered, and among uh, many different topics, I found this topic of communication culture, especially semiotic analysis of communication culture of Kazakhs, very interesting. In Kazakh uh, PhD program, there is uh, one peculiarity, the topic must um, match uh, some uh, state programs because after uh, independence there was a big program of cultural policy they all was aimed to develop a uh, national idea nation building and to recover the culture history of culture uh, so uh, so semiotic analysis was interesting for me in communication culture because uh, these symbols and uh, they are preserving our ethnocultural characteristics and the coding of these signs, symbols, it helps uh, to define this role of uh, this nomadic culture, which wasn't before in history of Kazakh nationality in developing of national idea. And in this, uh, after choosing this topic, I have um, published articles on this area. Uh, in Kazakhstan PhD program, uh, PhD student has uh, two uh, supervisors, one domestic, the second international. And my international supervisor was from Madrid Complutense University, Professor Sanson Lopez Varela. And she helped me to uh, de uh, uh, develop the paper, to edit the paper with her huge help and assistance. I was able to publish these works uh, and participate in international uh, conference like New Directions and Humanities, which were taken in Madrid. 
So, yeah, communication culture is uh, one of the direction of cultural policy, which I choose and develop the articles uh, in the in this topic. Wow, very impressive and uh, very interesting for me to find out that your research coincided with this state um, direction to create the Kazakh identity. That's very fascinating. And perhaps you could also talk about your other in, uh, research interest in religion. So could you take us through a piece that you have researched and what have you found? Um, yes, uh, so uh, in um, after graduating even PhD, I also participated in international program One Asia, uh, which uh, runs in 300 universities. So my international supervisor, so she uh, invited me to participate in this conference and I give a, <coughs> a guest lecture on uh, Silk Road cities in Kazakhstan. So uh, that uh, work also was published in international journal. So it's about role of uh, Silk Road cities, uh, history of the cities in, in developing Silk Road, uh, because Kazakhstan by the by its uh, geographical location, it's uh, located just between Europe and Asia, and it uh, worked as a <clears throat> gate to our uh, to transfer the western culture to east and to mutual uh, influence and their mutual enriching so this uh, work uh, this uh, work was about this cultural uh, the silk way silk road cities and as and as well as for up city uh, it was uh, ancient city in Kazakhstan nowadays it's a modern Turkestan city and uh, the the city also participated a uh, uh, very important role and uh, famous uh, Kazakhstan mostly uh, Kazakhstan thinker Al-Farabi he was born in the city he was a great philosopher uh, Central Asian thinker which our university names uh, take uh, was named after him and about uh, yes about also religion uh, because uh, my master degree uh, related to religious studies and um, uh, PhD with cultural studies. I do the research in this both area and on recent uh, publication about religion, uh, religion's role in globalizing world. It was a joint research with our international colleague um, uh, Anjan Ghosh. He also uh, director of Silk Road Case Center at Narhoz University. It's other institution in Kazakhstan. So, but he also uh, teaches uh, at our department for PhD students uh, on research methods and academic writing and together with him we developed research how uh, this is interdisciplinary research how religion impacts in entrepreneur for entrepreneurship in Kazakhstan so this uh, recent published work is named religion as a dominant logic for entrepreneurial activities the rising the dy dynamic in rounds with meets burger Kazakhstan so what about this this work, uh, this work about um, how religion impacted as a dominant logic in uh, business, in restaurant business. There was family who owned a chain of restaurants, very prominent restaurants in Almaty, but uh, the CEO, CEO of this uh, company, after in, uh, converting to Islam, like uh, after practicing Islam, he changed the model of his business because uh, in past these restaurants were selling alcohol drinks 
and after the this uh, religion's impact, he uh, changed this restaurants to our uh, halal restaurants like uh, um, alcohol. It's just uh, changed the model of this business. So this uh, this uh, paper about that it was um, like interdisciplinary research, and another work on also among recent published works in Journal of Future Studies uh, during pandemic together with our colleague. Um, my colleague Yelena Muzikina, she is co uh, PhD in Islamic studies. We together conducted research how this uh, pandemic impacted um, imams. Imams, it's a, a religious worker in uh, mosques in Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan is a Muslim country. So uh, during pandemic, how this um, changed uh, their work. So we uh, published the work modeling imams role and Islamic development in post pandemic Kazakhstan. So, uh, using this future studies methods, it's called two two metrics. We developed four types of uh, alternative futures for Islamic community. Uh, after uh, getting interviewed, several imams uh, from all whole Kazakhstan, uh, including. Mm, uh, big mosques as well as little uh, mm, village mosques as well. So they all participated, and uh, on uh, results we uh, on the as a result we developed these four uh, types of alternative scenarios. So first scenario it's a spiritual souk on the internet open spaces. Second is IT Tajweed, the Kazakhstani version. Uh, third virtual imam, and fifth fourth is fitna under lockdown. So this is uh, based on future research, uh, future research, future studies research methods. Wow, that's such an incredible answer and such a, a rich uh, overview of different areas in Kazakh culture. It was fascinating to listen to. I would like to ask about the, the final research point you made. Uh, there are four possible scenarios as a result of the pandemic. Um, did the imams specify uh, what they felt would be the best for them, for the for the mosques and for their work, um, and are they willing to accept all four scenarios? How is it going to impact oh. the work? <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, well, we are uh, we were interviewing them on uh, questions how this uh, pandemic lockdown impacted on their everyday work. Uh, they were not participating in developing the scenarios we developed on the result of this surveys, but. Uh, I want to say that uh, imams, they mostly were concerned about that uh, during pandemic people uh, were, hadn't ex uh, access to go to mosques and it can uh, decrease their religious feelings because in Kazakhstan it's considered 70% as is Muslims, but it doesn't mean that they're all fully Muslims. It's just by ethnic identity. 70% of Kazakhstan citizens are ethnic Kazakhs. And historically, they were considered as Muslims after getting, after accepting Islam in Kazakh lands starting from 9th, 11th centuries. But you know, and during Soviet time, it was atheistic country, no religion. Uh, at all and so uh, Islam uh, it has like a 
a secular character in Kazakhstan. So if we take the 70% of Muslims uh, uh, in Kazakhstan, only uh, less than 15% are practicing Muslims. What it means practicing, who are doing prayers five times, often goes to mosques. And for most, uh, major, and the, uh, the rest of the Muslims, the Islam identity for them, it was just going to this um, collective prayers on Fridays and Imams were concerned that even this week, just once a weekly visit to mosque, uh, which they now uh, was forbidden at that time because of pandemic, will really ruin their all religious identities. And that was their most concern. And also, of course, many of them were uh, worrying that during pandemic, um, most people they were using internet so um, actively and they had all their religious education only from internet and unfortunately in internet they cannot filter which is uh, extremist which is non-extremist which is our uh, allowed or non-allowed because many destructive um, uh, sects they do their uh, they develop their website uh, content everything very attractively and they convert people into their sects as well so this was also the big um, worry big concern for the imams during the interviews wow that's fascinating so uh it's quite interesting what you say, that phrase that uh, Islam in Kazakhstan has a secular character. Yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And perhaps this was propagated even further because of the pandemic. Uh, is this changing now again, now that um, it's less of, a, of an issue? Uh, or what has happened uh, has meant that people are not returning to the mosque? Well, now, uh, now uh, situation is um, people are back to normal life, and again, this mosques, everything started working fine, and uh, uh, also there is a spiritual administration uh, of Muslims of Kazakhstan. There is organization, you know, as a secular country, religion uh, is not uh, connected with government. Religion is separate from the government in secular countries, and uh, they uh, they don't have a government support so the mosque is like a church in Kazakhstan Orthodox Church where Russian ethnic group goes uh, they all religious organizations are financed uh, themselves well with their efforts with the donation of the people followers and this spiritual administration of muslims of kazakhstan is a big agency they work they controlling uh, much about religious content internet in kazakhstan so together with the help of some organization they ban this uh destructive sets uh, websites and uh, they uh, try to control uh, for people who are coming to uh, mosques and to do their propaganda. So they have a like list of uh, imams or like a preachers whom um, whom lecturers uh, it's allowed to listen to Kazakhstan whose lecturers are uh, humanistic and not destructive. Mm, I see. Uh, as I listen, you are introducing me to this new world that I didn't know about. <laughs> it's absolutely fascinating. Um, 
For now, I'd like to also ask you about your position as a department head of international cooperation. Uh, so what was the journey to this role and what is the main objective of this position? Uh, well, uh, our university, uh, Kazakh National University, is very big, uh, biggest university in the country. It has more than 27,000 students. It's the uh, biggest in Kazakhstan scale. Uh, so, uh, because there are many faculties, faculty, it means divisions, 15 faculty like natural science, social sciences, and each faculty has a, departments like our faculty has six department uh, and each department has a head and two vice heads or deputy heads so one deputy heads on educational work and educational affairs academic affairs second on science and international cooperation so i am the the second deputy head at department uh, on uh, this science and uh, international cooperation so i have been working since 2016 i'm combining this uh, duty. So most uh, main uh, thing is because the university is big and the university always participates in different uh, university, international university rankings like a QS, uh, World University Rankings, where um, our university takes uh, in once, oh, 185, it belongs to top 200. So it's a second uh, from among all CIS countries after Moscow State University. Um, and uh, because we participate in many different type of these um, uh, rankings, the uh, university developed many data. And so each uh, department needs to create like a last five years data on all publications of the staff or uh, organizing conference. So one of the main um, duties is organizing conference at the department, international conference uh, dedicated to the anniversary of some scientists or some uh, special days like Tolerance Day and as well as uh, international cooperation. Uh, I work with international, we have international partners whom we uh, conduct, uh, whom we um, do some joint research or they participate as a uh, uh, international supervisors for our PhD students and as well as they participate in the conferences and um, yeah and academic mobility this is a uh, one um, core duty uh, academic I organize academic mobility of our students of our department sending them for one semester to our international partner university whom we uh, have concluded a mem uh, memorandum of understanding MOU and uh, 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 there is a two types for academic mobility there is state program in Kazakhstan which uh, covers uh, the students mobility study uh, all the expenses as well as we are having some Erasmus programs one of it we have with the Netherlands uh, Red Belt University interinstitutional agreement uh, within this project Erasmus project we send some uh, students for um, education for one semester and as well as our staff travel there for uh, attending uh, some um, summer schools summer schools so uh, so this is the and as well as we have a double degree program uh, with the Sofia Bulgaria University Bulgaria Sofia University uh, 
the double degree program on cultural diplomacy since 2015. I also coordinate this double degree program uh, in developing their curricula, organizing this research, uh, or organizing educational uh, classes, disciplines, and defense of the thesis. So, so mainly we are, our motive is creating a big data of uh, staff's publications. They are research profiles, developing their research profiles for uh, international accreditation as well as and national accreditation. So besides from uh, of this um, university rankings uh, program. Also, we are participating in international accreditation to get certificate for our uh, curriculum, for our programs, no, three pro uh, programs, bachelor, um, religious studies, cultural studies, and Islamic studies. So I participate in developing self-report, uh, model description, staff handbook, and program descriptions. Mm, so okay. this is a part yeah. of my work as a head, but a head on science and international cooperation. Okay, I see. So uh, you have a combination of um, enabling research, but also doing it yourself. Uh, and <laughs> what, uh, what challenges do you observe in this field? Also, not only as an administrator, but also as a scholar. Um, and how do you aim to overcome it? Yeah, well, um, uh, one of the challenges uh, um, I, I will I would tell uh, because we participate in different international accreditation or ranking programs, many things information needed to fill in English, and because our staff, uh, so for example, there are forty-five staff in our department. Uh, 80% uh, they don't uh, speak English and don't understand English. So I have to develop all their research profiles, helping from, uh, for each of them to develop their data research profiles in different websites. Uh, this one of the challenges in English language, I would say, because English language is not uh, spoken uh, in Kazakhstan uh, largely. And uh, it's also one of the challenge in academia, uh, in research, uh, uh, in research area, because many of our uh, published articles, books in local language, and uh, very uh, small number of published in English among our scholars, and uh, the big challenge is uh, research methods. In this uh, from Soviet heritage, which were developed uh, in social human sciences, uh, the research methods was a very, uh, how to say, uh, poor, and it's very diffi difficult for our scholars to make very good research because they have to uh, do all these uh, types of um, like uh, qualitative, quantitative analysis, but most of them unfortunately don't uh, cannot uh, help this kind uh, conduct this kind of methods. So this is uh, one of a uh, big challenge in in social humans field in Kazakhstan. Mm. Mm. I see. So it's a uh, partially an issue of accessibility with the language so that your research could be read by others uh, more widely, uh, but also the question of upholding good methods. And yes. uh, mm -hmm. 
are you uh, encouraging any um, anything to overcome these issues so that uh, for example english is more prominent at your university are you taking any steps as a university to to reach that level yes uh university uh was organizing some free english courses for uh all the staff of the at the university and also together with the uh, world Development Bank in Kazakhstan. They were conducting uh, English courses with IELTS certification. Uh, the and the the one of the best English courses in Kazakhstan, Enterprise Organization. Uh, their teachers were teaching uh, uh, Kaznu, our university teachers. Uh, so most of them were able to get a certificate of IELTS with a score uh, band more than six. So such kinds of courses are organized free for the teachers to encourage them to know the English, but still uh, for a majority of elder generation, it's still very difficult to learn again new uh, uh, language new um, research methods and uh, yeah of course of course mm -hmm. uh, and i'm very curious what is next in your career uh, are there any goals that you're seeking to accomplish uh, yes uh, next career i i uh, would like to go to make postdoc be, uh, because the, with the last five, six years as administrative staff, uh, much majority of my time is go, gone to uh, to this to, uh, world work tasks like multitasks. And recently, with um, uh, again with uh, our international colleague Anjan Gore and uh, professors Chakraborty and Nandita Roy from India, we were uh, we we started developing research on. On, uh, women empowerment in Kazakhstan. So there are influencers, uh, bloggers in Kazakhstan who has more than million followers, like uh, uh, Bayan Mahsatkaz is a producer, Aynur Tursunbayak is a poet, Mama Sita Mada blogger. So there are these women are different type of women, but they all um, equally influence to uh, Kazakh people in um, Kazakhstan because most uh, Instagram is a very strong power and these bloggers they really develop this women environment in Kazakhstan. So uh, we uh, conducted a survey, we interviewed all these bloggers as well as their followers and soon the result will be developed in the research paper and there was such kind of interesting questions like uh, who is modern woman uh, for in the view of these bloggers what is the characteristics of modern woman what is the difference between traditional women and modern women in Kazakh society because traditional women means who more mostly keep the traditions and uh, uh, what does empowerment and is there is feminism in Kazakhstan or do they want to be social agent of social transformation for women in Kazakhstan and what kind of changes they want to bring about the lives of Kazakh women so such kind of uh, research works are very interesting for me so um, I would like to uh, do uh, research work and to deeper in research more rather than um, this administrative work. Mm -hmm. oh, that's this piece of research is is sounds so great and yeah. I see a running theme in the research that you've told us about which is the Kazakh character and the identity when you're talking about religion and uh, with respect to business now about the modern woman in Kazakhstan. Yes. 
uh, <laughs> it all kind of comes together under this Kazakh culture and identity. Yes, uh, exactly. National identity and culture together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wonderful. Um, so my final question for today, uh, bringing it all together, you've changed fields and you've led such a rich academic career and now you support departments as well at your university um, and also you were an ecologist so it's such a rich career and I wonder what advice you could give uh, listeners when reflecting on on your journey oh, well um, from my view uh, for early researchers, I would say uh, if uh, you want to be as a researcher, a good uh, experiential uh, scholar, uh, better to focus only in research, in research positions rather than to go administration. Administration positions would take a lot of time, but doesn't enrich your knowledge. But only with a study, with a research, you can uh, really. Uh, create your research career uh, better, so to say. Mm, wonderful. Okay, I would like to thank you so much for this uh, discussion. It was fascinating to learn about your journey and also the research that you're contributing to about Kazakh culture. And I do hope that more and more will be in English so we can access it and, and learn more about your culture. Um, so thank you for opening this world. Uh, to us. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.